No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see that from the belly of the great fish, Jonah prays to the Lord, confessing his sin. God speaks to the fish, and it vomits Jonah onto dry land. We hope you join us as Pastor Darrell continues in Jonah chapter 2 on Simply the Bible. Now try to imagine what it would have felt like to be thrown overboard in the middle of the sea. This was Jonah's predicament. Down, down, down he went, no doubt thinking that his life was over. But then God prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. Now, do you have problems believing this? Skeptics try to prove that it was impossible to survive in the belly of a fish or whale for three days. But if you can believe that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, then you shouldn't have any problem believing that God could prepare a fish, whale, or sea monster, whatever it was, with the adequate accommodations to keep Jonah alive underwater for three days. I mean, if man can build a submarine, couldn't God do the same thing using a creature prepared for this purpose? At any rate, Jesus himself attests to the truth of this story, so that's good enough for me. Now, Jonah was in the belly of this great fish for three days and three nights, so try to imagine what that would have been like. Try to imagine the smell, the stomach acid, the uh, darkness, the humidity, just the seaweed around his head, as he would say. Just imagine what that would be like, not just a few hours, but three full days. It was at that time in chapter two that Jonah prayed. Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the fish's belly. And he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction. And he answered me, out of the belly of Sheol, I cried, and you heard my voice. So then Jonah prayed. Now, we don't know how long he was in that situation before he finally prayed. Was he so stubborn that he was there for three days before he finally prayed? Maybe he was just thinking at first, I don't care. I don't care if you take my life. I'm not going to Nineveh. I'm not going to Nineveh. But over time, that changed. And he finally prayed to the Lord. And he said, I cried out because of my affliction. It was because he was in this terrible situation that he finally cried out to God. Now, that's one way to pray. But you know, you don't have to wait until you're in a terrible situation to pray. You can pray because you love God. That's the better way to pray, to pray for affection rather than for affliction. But either way, God listens to our prayers. And Jonah said, he answered me out of the belly of Sheol, I cried. Now, Sheol is the grave. And no doubt, Jonah felt like he was in a watery grave that he would never get out of, that this was it. And he cried out to the Lord. And the Lord heard his voice. And I I love the fact that God hears our voice even when we get into a terrible situation that we have made by our own foolish actions. We can still cry out to the Lord and he hears us even when we're in this hell hole that we've made for ourselves God will still hear us if we cry out to him in truth. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the floods surrounded me. All your billows and your waves passed over me. Now, often 
We want to blame others when bad things happen, but Jonah realized that it was the Lord who had sent the storm and the sailors finally had to throw him overboard. And as soon as they did, the storm stopped. So he knew that God had ultimately sent him into this situation and cast him into the deep. And it all happened because of Jonah's own disobedience. Jonah was getting what he deserved and he knew it. Now, how long was Jonah in the ocean before the fish swallowed him? We don't know, but he felt like the flood surrounded him. Then he said, billows and waves passed over me. Now, at this point, Jonah was quoting scripture. He was remembering Psalm 42, 7, which says, Deep calls unto deep at the noise of your waterfalls. All your waves and billows have gone over me. And he certainly felt that way. Have you felt that way? Have you felt that God's waves and billows have gone over you? And maybe you feel like you're drowning and all you have is one nostril above water and then that gets plugged, you know. But that's where he was at. And then he said, I have been cast out of your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. Now, since Jonah did know scripture, he would know that really there was no place that he could go to flee the presence of the Lord. Even going, you know, to Joppa and then Tarshish, he could not flee the presence of God. David said in Psalm 139, where can I go to escape your presence? Wherever I go, you're there. And yet, you know, where he was at, he probably felt as far away from God as you could get in the belly of that great fish. But he said, I look again toward your holy temple. Now, this was important because Solomon had said when he dedicated the temple that if the people turn away from God and they, you know, are punished because of that, that if they would just turn toward the Lord and turn toward the temple, that God would hear their prayer from wherever they were. And so this is no doubt what Jonah was thinking of. I'm turning toward your holy temple. Now, he was far away from that temple in Jerusalem, but the temple he spoke of was the heavenly temple. The waters surrounded me, even to my soul. The deep closed around me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. Imagine what that would have been like. And I went down to the moorings of the mountains, the very roots and foundations of the mountains. The earth with its bars closed behind me forever. Yet you have brought up my life from the pit, O Lord, my God. So imagine just feeling so close to death that the very door to the earth is closed to you, barred, locked up tight. That's what he felt. He could never return. And yet the Lord brought his life up from the pit. And you know, I think it's important for us to always Remember where we were when God got a hold of us, the kind of pit that we were in when the Lord saved us, the pit of our sins, how we were wallowing in it, and yet we cried out to the Lord. And I think we must always remember from where God took us and saved us because there are other people in the pit now. They are where we once were. And we need to remember that the same God that saved us can save them. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord and my prayer went up to you into your holy temple. So even his uh, soul was fainting and yet he remembered the Lord at this time. He remembered God's promises. 
that even though he had messed up, even though he had rebelled and was stubborn, that God was merciful and that he could cry out to the Lord because God was merciful. I mean, he knew God was merciful because God was sending him to the Ninevites who were terribly wicked, and yet he knew that God uh, was a merciful God, and he's going to say that later. So, so now he's crying out. He needed mercy. The Ninevites needed mercy. We all need mercy. And so he said, my prayer went up to you. Then he said, those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. Now, Jonah confesses his sin here. He had regarded worthless idols. Jonah never bowed down to a carved image as a prophet of the Lord, but he had put his intense nationalism and hatred of the Ninevites before his love for God. He wanted Israel to thrive. He hated all of the wicked things that the Ninevites did. And that's why he didn't want to go to Nineveh. But it was sin. And his nationalism had become his idol. An idol is anything that takes away from God the affection and obedience that is rightfully due to him. It's anything that comes between us and our worship of God. And I think there are people today that their nationalism, their political persuasions have become an idol to them because if God tells them to go and share his good news and and love on the people that have a different political persuasion or a different lifestyle, will they do it? Will they put God first? We have to make sure that we don't allow anything to come between us in our love and obedience to God. Now, this could stand as the key verse to the book of Jonah because it shows us what we miss when we allow idols in our lives. It is the very nature of God to be merciful. God's mercy extends to all who will receive it, and he lovingly condescends to meet us where we are and help us move to where we need to be. I am so grateful for God's mercy. So many times I've cried out to the Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. Now, if we regard worthless idols, then we forsake that wonderful mercy. Our idols can be subtle. Some have four wheels. Others have four walls. It could be a job. It could be a hobby. It could be our phone. These things easily distract us and hinder us from loving and obeying the Lord. The Amplified Bible puts it this way. Verse 8, those who pay regard to false, useless, and worthless idols forsake their own source of mercy and loving kindness. How much better is it for us to look to our divine source and then to abandon our foolish idols? But I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. Now, all true worship involves sacrifice. This was Jonah's rededication of himself to God. He would bring sacrifices again. Now, obviously, he couldn't do that for a while, but the intention was there. But at the same time, he realized that salvation is of the Lord and of the Lord alone. With all of our best efforts to do right, to please God, to sacrifice, we cannot save ourselves. It is only by grace that we are saved through faith in Jesus Christ. And so the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Here, even the fish was obedient to the Lord. The sea was obedient to the Lord. 
The sailors were, everybody except Jonah. But now Jonah would also obey the Lord. You know, it's amazing that God could use somebody like Jonah, somebody so stubborn, so disobedient, and yet the Lord was patient enough to work through this with him. You know, there is the easy way. We can surrender to the Lord. We can listen to him. We can do what he says the first time. Or there's the hard way, and God has his ways of getting our attention and changing our attitude. And you might wonder, well, why would God use somebody like Jonah? Well, you know, why would God use somebody like me and you? Okay, God has to deal with all of our quirks and and difficulties that he has to work through to get us to do what he wants us to do. And yet, he's so gracious and patient. But, you know, we don't always have to learn the hard way. We can actually learn the easy way and save ourselves from a whole lot of stink. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this amazing story. We thank you for your patience and grace with Jonah. Lord, and for the fact that wherever we're at, if we will cry out to you in sincerity, Lord, that you hear us. And Lord, I pray that we would not allow any idols to come between us and our affection for you. Nothing that would hinder us from receiving the fullness of your mercy. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. We're happy to announce that we're building a new facility in Southwest Meridian. For more information or to give to this project, please visit calvarytv.org slash building project. That's calvarytv.org slash building project. To listen to previous episodes, check out our Simply the Bible podcast. Tomorrow we will see where Jonah finally goes to Nineveh and preaches a message of impending judgment. Everyone in the city repents in sackcloth and turns from their evil ways, so the Lord relents. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Jonah on Simply the Bible.